You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Ghoul Friends Podcast. I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And this, I mean, the world is against us recording this episode right now. We are being fucking attacked on all fronts. Yeah. You just had a rough go. <laughs> well, I just had a, a near, you know, insanity losing um, communication with the printer that almost <laughs> resulted in the printer going out the window because I do not understand why the printer works until you need to print something. And then it doesn't, and then work. It doesn't work. Like that's your one job. It's <laughs> the one thing you have to do. And it doesn't even work that often, so no, once a week, maybe. No, and like our printer does this weird thing where it likes to fall asleep, and you have to literally unplug it and plug it back in to wake it back up, and it's frustrating on all fronts. It is. But it's okay. Here we are on <sighs> I mean, Saturday. On Saturday. I'm taking a calming breath because I... <laughs> I cannot. Do you want some sage? Do you want to go want to light something? Oh my, because I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling something. We had a great morning, and then we went to clean. We clean my dental office yes. on the weekends, so we just decided, hey, it's a great time to do that. Well, nobody told me that the heating and air people were going to be there today, so we drive over there. And couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. We're like, okay, we'll go home and podcast. Easy enough. And then I just heard Celeste cussing and overall just really angry. <laughs> I was just so frustrating. Like, I need one thing. I need you to print two sheets of paper. That's all I need from you. And, like, it took a lot of coddling to get us there. But we're there. We're there. We've made it. We have paper. We have recording. <laughs> we hopefully have cats that will behave themselves They're not. They're this. looking at each other, so. Oh, good. There's going to be a cat fight soon. Of course. <laughs> of course. And what we thought was going to be, well, lies the meteorologist told this morning mm-hmm. on this cold, rainy day turned into, like, Literally blue sky and sunny and warm. I know. I'm like, what rain? <laughs> like, where? Where's where that, that rain? <laughs> I mean, and it kind of like I hate. I know it sounds so stupid when you're like, you should be happy. It's not raining, but I was kind of like in the mindset for a gloomy, rainy day. Yeah. And now that it's sunny, I feel like I have to be motivated to do things, and I don't <laughs> want to do things. We can just shut all the curtains and just be in our cave. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna have to do that tonight when. Um, I make my, what I thought was going to be chilly, spooky dinner. Now it's like nice summer-like day dinner. <laughs> We're going to have butternut squash pasta. Yes. That's going to be delicious. And it's going to be, we're going to crank down the AC in here, so yep. it's going to be ice cold and curtains shut. Yep. And we're just going to pretend. It's always fall in this house. <sighs> always. <laughs> it always feels like fall up in here. We did do something exciting. We got a new rug bowl. Ooh, and we're not sponsored by Ruggable. We just love them. But Ruggable, <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, um, I'm not afraid to speak your good word. So you, you absolutely, they should because even at work, I tell people all the time because we had one up front before the new floors got mm-hmm. you know put down. Oh, there's cat fight. Um, <laughs> if you haven't heard of Ruggable, it literally comes in two pieces. There's yep. a mat that you lay down, and then you lay the actual rug over the top. Yes, but when you pull the rug off, it crinkles into like nothing. Yeah. And you're able to throw it in the washing machine. Yes. Which now that I think of it, like <laughs> what a like amazing invention because rugs get disgusting. I can't count how many rugs we've gone through in this house. I mean, a lot. because now mind you, this ruggable is the only rug in this entire home. And what will the animals go for? <laughs> like they could be on the second floor and they will run down here to throw up on the rug. On the rug. I don't, I don't understand why it's got to be on a rug. 
They do, though. But we have lost many a rug. So the thought of being able to wash it is, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, and if you are wanting to get one, all you got to do is just search Ruggable, like R-U-G-G-A-B-L-E, <laughs> and you'll find it. Um, yeah. Maybe one day we'll actually have a, a promo code for y'all to use <laughs> so we could get paid to do it. But um, uh, They are a little expensive. Like to they be are, honest, I mean, yeah, we'll be upfront with you. They definitely are worth it, and if, especially if you think of how many rugs we've gone through, especially with animals. And they're like not mm-hmm. waterproof, but that pad saves like your floor. Yes, because it won't go through the pad. Correct. So and if you spill like red mm-hmm. wine on it, yeah, it's not going to ruin your floor. Right. Well, I would say too the other nice thing, and we can literally attest to this because it's what we just did. Like the ruggable comes in two pieces, right? There's mm-hmm. like the base mat, and then there's the top pretty mat that sticks to it, and that's what you can wash, right? Right. But we decided we wanted to change up our rugs. We pulled up our top mat and just ordered a new one. Right, which is cheaper. Which is cheaper. So once you get the base mat, that is a, an advantage that you can get. Yeah. Um, you know, new ones as you see fit, and maybe we'll end up investing in another base. Uh, pad and use, yeah. you know, our other ruggable somewhere else in the house. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the top? Oh, <laughs> there's the cat. There you go. <laughs> there, Mishka's behind the chair and Kitty's in front of the chair and they're just batting at each other. It's actually kind of cute. Pretty, it's a love fight. They're pretty bad. Um, speaking of rugs, do you remember the time Jeff almost died? <laughs> um, he's almost, oh, yes. <laughs> Can we tell that story? Yeah, we can because everyone survived. And we can <laughs> confirm that Vapagool is indeed alive. Um, we were in Breckenridge for Christmas. And we were staying in like condo type yeah. places. And Jeff knocked over a glass of red wine onto a white rug. And literally everyone was like, why did you put a glass of red wine on the floor? These, And that's when I really think to it. And I'm like... <laughs> This man has a medical degree. Like, he could cut you open and save your life, and he can't figure out that maybe we shouldn't put a glass of wine on a carpeted floor next to a white rug. And Gabby literally was like, someone go get tonic water. And Gabby and um, Chandler went, yeah. like, ran up, we'll go, we volunteered. I thought, I was like, I'm about to witness a murder. Like, I, I cannot be in this room while this happens. Like, I did not hear anything. It was actually really funny, but that was the first time I've really seen your mom, like, actually... It's not like, fun, is it? Very mad. And I was like, ooh, I'm glad I'm not on the other side of that one. <laughs> yeah, you've not really seen Mad Mad Mama Ghoul, which is a terrifying event I saw that. to witness. Um, I was there. I saw that, and that was scary. Yeah. I've just never, not going to been on the other end no. of it. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to. As someone that You has. either, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. I mean, I haven't seen her that mad since Gabby Gould ripped our garage door off of our garage. <laughs> Another fun story. <laughs> yes, there was a faded time when Gabby was still in high school. She'll like, we're telling this story. And she was playing some game with, like, that they were doing at the school and basically you have to tag each other. And like her friend was trying to tag her while she pulled out of the garage. So Gabby just threw it in reverse and like floored <laughs> it backwards, not realizing the garage door was still down and tore it off <laughs> in my mom's car too. Not even in her car. <laughs> and then calls me in Charleston and is like, I need to come to Charleston. I'm like, which is like four hours away yeah, where we were living. And I was just like, um, do you think it's not going to piss her off more if you skip school and drive, you know, four hours to hang out with me? Like, yeah, Kathy, when she is in a mood, is not where you want to be. No. No. Mm-hmm. Man, what else we got going on for us? 
Um, I am so happy to be home. Yes, you're settling back in. Yes, getting back into routine, back to work. Yep. We've got a long weekend this weekend. That is nice. And we knew you had one, but then Mm -hmm. I found out that I had one and I (laughs) didn't even know I had one. So that was nice. That's a happy thing to find out. Yes. Um, we got some new throw pillows for our couch. We did. You know, they just didn't match the rug well enough. So yeah, they go, can we also talk about how expensive throw pillows are? Like, why do they need to be expensive? It's obnoxious. You, you literally throw them on the floor. Throw pillows. Throw pillows. <laughs> like, I, they're not even useful. You don't even do no. anything with them. And you are a pillow snob. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> We're in at home, which also highly recommend if you have one near you. We love it. Yeah. Um, looking at pillows, I'm like, oh, that's cute. And Caitlin just deadpan turns around and goes, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And keeps walking. I'm like. <laughs> Well, I guess not. <laughs> no. A pillow snob. <laughs> that was like I said, our wedding though. Like everyone thought Celeste is going to be. I was about to say I was the snob. No, I was. <laughs> it was a thousand percent Caitlin. I was not a bridezilla though. No, <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. No, I was not a bridezilla. When we had to spray paint the vases twice because it was the wrong gold. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Literally, Caitlin's screaming at my dad and no. <laughs> got Gabby and my dad in our front yard, like spray painting. <laughs> so we thought that we could handle one thing at our wedding and to try rest. and save money. Yeah, <laughs> and we did not save money. I mean, no. in the long run, no. We should have just rented like everything else. The the centerpieces, the centerpieces yeah. that held the flowers, but. In my defense on okay, this, okay. we started spray painting them in rose gold, which if you know rose gold, is actually very different from like gold gold. gold, gold. I did have to have the gold silverware too. <laughs> I could, we couldn't have silver silverware next to gold centerpiece. The atrocity. It's awful. <laughs> and a lot of people we can't remember after, everyone was like, stole a floor. It's not real gold. <laughs> I just know that that's the one thing that people who went to our wedding said, like, you know what? They had gold plates and gold silverware, and that's what made the event. You know, gold plates. Or whatever the plates They were white were. plates, gold silverware, gold centerpieces, and navy blue napkins. Yes, ma'am. Yes, they were. It looked amazing. It, it did. <laughs> it did look amazing. Point being. My point was that I was not a bridezilla, but I knew what I... I didn't always know what I wanted, but I did know what I didn't want. Like your ugly fucking pillow that you yeah, picked Caitlin's out. That was not coming into my house. <laughs> and there we go. Decide for yourself, <laughs> Bradzilla or not. <laughs> Definitely was. <laughs> but I didn't like holler at people. Like you see the show Bradzilla where they're just no. like awful. I just yeah, know, I wanted what I wanted. Yeah. And I got it. <laughs> I was too busy trying to make sure that we had our flights to our honeymoon figured out because there was a hitch the day of. Oh, and I would have died. Yeah. And I was trying to put that fire out before it (laughs) spread. So it all worked out. We got married. We went on our honeymoon. It was great. It was. But yeah. That was your first piece of marital advice that your father gave you? It was because Caitlin had never been out of the country before our honeymoon. So I was nervous. Yeah. And she was. And we went to Spain. And um, they had basically, I tried to check us in the morning of the wedding because we were flying out at like 5 a.m. the next day. Also don't recommend doing that. Um, And for some reason, they wouldn't let me auto, like, check you in. So I called 
uh, Delta or whoever it was like three times. And basically like, I was convinced at that point that they had somehow canceled your ticket. And I was like, I, I can't tell her that. <laughs> and so I was freaking out. I'm like, what am I, what's Caitlin going to think about this? And my dad was standing right there and he just goes, Caitlin doesn't need to know about this. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, she does. And he's like, listen, she's going to freak out regardless. So tomorrow just tell her there's an extra step since she's never been out of the country, take her to the desk and check you both in and all is fine. I'm like, that's a lie. And he's like, that's not a lie. <laughs> he was like, that's just the right thing to do. <laughs> and it's, it was some pretty solid advice because by the time you had time to freak out, we were already checked in and it was fine. Yeah, it was good. Good. It was good. All, all went well. Speaking of mom and papa ghoul, they made it to Nashville. Oh, good. They're going to, well, they're going to see Artie because Gabby's out of town, but <laughs> yes. Artie's their, her cat. Gabby's Artie cat. is Gabby's cat. Yeah. yeah. So they're off to do that. Well, we've rambled. <laughs> As usual, you know, you don't come here for the, it's so funny because on podcast groups, sometimes people will ask for recommendations for shows and I'm like, Ooh, going to recommend us. And then it's like, I hate banter. And I was like, going to not recommend us. <laughs> Some people only want like material. Oh, no. And then some people love banter. Like, yeah. obviously, I hope you all love banter because it's literally all we do. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay. We are definitely a bantery show. We are. We banter. <laughs> Big on banter. <laughs> all right. You ready? What we talking about? Well, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I remember what you're talking about. I think that you should start I think first. I should, too. Yeah. Um, so, we are talking about um, haunted houses, I guess, mm-hmm. this week. We just don't like them. I have no interest No. And I think that kind of sparked a bigger question for me, at least like, why, like, Mm -hmm. why don't I like it? And why do people like them? Like, and what does that all come back to? So that's kind of the theme. And we kind of ran with that. Um, yeah. Do you want me? You said you want. I think me to you should start just because you kind of start with like the fear aspect of it. Yeah. And we can kind of go into it. Um, yeah. Well, I try to be brave. Like I, but then I'm just like, I don't want to spend money to like be scared. Like I really, Oh, Misha's wigging out at something. <laughs> it's not even Kitty. It's the ghost. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't like to be scared. So tell me, talk to me, talk to yeah. me about fear. So fear is obviously something that we all know, good and well. It is a very human emotion. Um, so I kind of looked into what is fear and why, like what happens to your body when you become afraid? Because it is a physical reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so to give you some Fight facts. Yes, this I will talk about fight or flight in this. Um, so fear is a human emotion, obviously, that invokes a biochemical response in your body. And that biochemical response is unique to each person. Okay. So we react to fear differently. Um, and essentially the idea is that fear is a result of evolution. And it's how we literally have survived up until this point. Like at some point, people realized way back in the day that like, I don't need to go pet that wild giant ass bobcat. Like that's (laughs) not good. So I should be afraid of it because I want to live. And that fear has been passed down through genetics and it results in what we become afraid of today. Snakes. Right. And I mean, at some point someone was like, Hey, maybe that big ass snake is not something I need to go hang out with. Remember the story I told you, sorry about snakes that, um, Dr. Doolittle told me about which one in Africa when they would walk through the water and they would feel something and they would wait, they'd keep their feet on it, like bare feet in muddy, nasty water. And if it moved, they knew it was a snake and not a tree branch. Could you imagine doing that? No, because the fear, the, I would have had a very big biochemical but someone response. Someone is not afraid of doing that. That's... I know. And that's, that's interesting because fear is unique to each person. Yeah. So it's interesting how sweet some of us have those fears and some of us don't. Like, is it genetic or is it? 
um, you know, like a, an event or a result of the stimulus around you. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. Um, so as far as what happens in your body when you're afraid of something, your um, amygdala is kind of the first point in the process. Your amygdala is in your brain, and it's your emotion center. So it's um, how we attach emotions to actions. So your amygdala sees something and says, oh, shit, that's scary. It tells your nervous system to step up, and that's what really starts the fear response. Um, when this begins, you begin releasing stress hormones called other cortisol and adrenaline, which we've heard of. Uh-huh. And those better help you react and basically get away from the danger in front of you. Um, your heart rate and your blood pressure will increase when you become afraid. And I found this really interesting. Your body will actually begin to, um, diverting your blood flow so that more blood is going to your limbs and your extremities nice. so that you can literally get away. I find it so interesting that your body is so hardwired to help you survive it at is. all. And you have no control over this. Like, did you ever, um, you probably didn't have to, but take a like human anatomy and physiology course. I took human anatomy okay. in high school. I'm taking it all. I remember we did, it was four semesters of human anatomy and uh-huh. physiology. So, I mean, we got pretty in depth of it. things and like the human body literally is probably one of the most, if not the, it, no, I take that back, is the most amazing thing I think I've ever it's insane. Like your heart beats however many times a day. Mm-hmm. And literally if it misfires at all, like in one, there's so many steps for like one pump. Right. And if one thing goes wrong, like you're just dead. Done. No. And that, that makes me also very anxious. Like, come on body, <laughs> keep it. But like keep think cooking. of how people live for a hundred years mm-hmm. and your heart has pumped how many times and never misfired. No, it's very true. It is very interesting. I always found it really interesting too, that um, when people faint or lose consciousness, basically it is your body knows that something is wrong and you need to be laying down. So your body's like, I'm going to make you lay down. You know the other word for fainting? <sighs> oh, you popcorn me. Oh, I did popcorn It's you. not hypoxia. Um, damn it. What is it? Syncope. Syncope. Yes. Of course, this goddamn syncope. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. Um, so let's see. Yes. So your body's doing all this shit to basically help you get out of whatever is scary. This is what becomes the fight or flight response. And that term for anyone that's curious was coined in the 1920s by a doctor named Walter Cannon. Um, what's also interesting is that fear can make you kind of impaired. Poop. Oh, well, I probably do that too. <laughs> I think once you're in a safe place, you, it would probably <laughs> let you do that. Um, basically when you're in a flight fight or flight response, your cerebral cortex is impaired. And that's the part of your brain that helps you make decisions. So you're not able to think as clearly because your brain is saying like, we need to get the hell up out of here. And then we can start thinking clearly once we're out of the danger. That's like in the horror movies when, you know, there's a running car and an ax murder chasing them and they choose to like run through the cemetery. Right. Exactly. Not, not making great choices at that point. (laughs) Your body's like, no, I didn't say to do that. Like the (laughs) other way. Um, so this kind of led to the question of why do people enjoy being afraid? If you're not in any danger, if this is recreational fear you're chasing, why do people do it? Because I know I don't want to do it, but other people do. Mm -hmm. So I found that interesting. And the thought behind it is that when you're afraid, aside from, you know, your body trying to get you away from the danger, you produce a lot of dopamine and dopamine is associated with pleasure. Like when you're happy, when Mm -hmm. you're doing something that makes you feel good, your body releases dopamine. Um, and this dopamine sticks around even after the scary event has ended. So you're kind of on a high almost. Yep, I can see that. Um, so it's thought that people who kind of pursue recreational fear are chasing this dopamine rush that comes with it. 
Um, the other thing about it is that when we are in this kind of limited fear response, our conscious thinking is kind of muted and it can offer a distraction from reality. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, only focused on the thing you're trying to get away from, you're not thinking about all the other stressful things in your life. <clears throat> Makes uh, sense. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that fear can actually act as a social bonding tool. When people experience a scary situation together, the intensity of that experience often causes them to feel bonded to one another. This is also what happens when people undergo trauma together, I believe, and I think that term is a trauma bond. Mm -hmm. Um, But like if two people survive a plane crash and then they fall in love, the trauma or the scariness of it all helps to bond them together. I hope me and Jeff never get in a plane crash. (laughs) Well, I hope so too. I I would very much enjoy it if you all did not do that. (laughs) But if there's anyone that's going to get you out of it, it's going to be Jeff. It's literally, yeah. Very true. Although, not Jeff is the best pilot I've ever flown with. And Jeff is Papa Ghoul, in case people have not put that back together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Celeste. Yes. Um, I have to give a shout out to whoever was flying the plane from... Boston to Charleston on I flew JetBlue. Yeah. Um, literally, we took off. Perfect, you know, takeoff. We turned around to come south instead mm-hmm. of obviously we're taking off in the like northern direction. Yeah. Turned around and we never like even turned. Like the plane didn't make any turns. It literally just was straight and it was like the perfect descent and like perfect landing. And I like literally when we landed, I was just like, what a pleasant flight. Yeah. And I think now with as much flying as you've done and like. <clears throat> doing the simulator and yeah. you know, understanding what goes into landing. I mean, I think you can appreciate it <laughs> even more. I crash the plane every time on a simulator. <laughs> a simulator. No people involved. No, 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 no. They haven't let her loose on people yet. I have maybe landed it once or twice, roughly. Yeah. But it's tough. I, I couldn't do it. Mm. No, thank you. I got to get that back out in the simulator. Yeah, you do. It's upstairs. Okay, continue with kind of <laughs> banter. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so the last thing I was going to say kind of on this concept of fear is that researchers in Denmark actually did a study on this um, where they basically had 100 participants walk through a haunted house mm-hmm. that had 50 rooms in it, and the participants were fitted with heart rate monitors and hidden cameras throughout the haunted house to basically monitor their physical and facial reactions And what they found when they were examining these results are what they call the Goldilocks zone in that there is a kind of sweet spot when being scared recreationally that creates that euphoric dopamine fueled feeling. But it is very, very like easy to get out of that zone. It's like if you get too scared, you become actually afraid. But if you're not scared enough, you feel bored. Mm -hmm. So it's really the sweet spot of dopamine that people tend to be chasing when they're doing these things. So, yeah. So, I think that sets us up for yours. Well, mine is not good. <laughs> no. And even though we've talked about all this, I still don't understand why people do that, which you're about to talk about. Yeah. Like, this I still one takes do not it to another, another level. Yeah. Um, but, again, there – I mean, I'll get into what it is, but people actually want to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, if you've never heard of it, um, it's coined the world's most haunted house attraction. Yeah. Um. This is called the McCamey Manor. Yep. Uh, it's referred to as survival horror. So you're just trying to survive this thing. Yeah, and I'm like, you've already lost me at this point. Like, <laughs> oh, I have no desire to do any of that. Yeah, no. So um, I guess a trigger warning here. This is, like, pretty, pretty brutal, graphic and brutal. Um, so if, if you feel uncomfortable talking about generally <clears throat> unpleasant experiences these participants have, then you may want to just fast forward through this yeah. one. Um, torture, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of torture in this. Sure. 
Um, so this was, this is an attraction. This is something that is going on every week, once a week. Um, <clears throat> the McCamey Manor. Okay. It was founded by a man named Russ McCamey. Okay. Um, and he set this up on his property. Um, where is it? Do you know where it is? Popcorn. Maybe. I'll look it up. Cause Maybe, I, was, I should have looked at it. It's in the U S right? Yes. It's American. Yes. I want to say out West, like Midwest. But okay. I'm going to Google. You Google. Keep yeah. You do my research for me. <laughs> I will. Um, there was just so much on it. Go ahead. Pause. I'm sorry. It's in Summertown, Tennessee. How far is that from Gabby? One second. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, it's on his property. Um, this is such an intense haunted house um, that literally nobody has been able to complete it ever. Mm, like ever, ever? Ever, ever. Nobody has gone through the entire house. How long does it take? I will get to that, okay. um, but way too long. Okay. Um, so they only accept a few um, patrons per week. There's no entry free entry fee. So it's free to do. It's Yep, it is free to do. Um but Russ, the owner, does ask if you do participate to bring dog food for him, for his dogs. How wholesome. That is wholesome, given the absolute horror show. I mean, this guy has got serve. to be like a, like a sociopath or a psychopath. I, like, I don't know. This is pretty horrible. Okay, so it does run year-round. There's only one, I'm going to air quote this, show per week. Um, or, yeah, per week. But it runs year-round. It's uh-huh. not just spooky season. Yeah. Um, there currently is a 24,000-person wait list <laughs> like what? to get go into this house. Um, mm. But uh, if you do win, you win $20,000. Okay, so you win money if you survive if you sur- it. Yeah, well. Have I, people... I have nobody's, many... Nobody's won. Nobody's has anyone hurt. died doing it, though? Um, <clears throat> no. Okay. Not that I know. Um, there's been like, this person died shortly after and they're saying, oh, yeah, it's caused by this, but not like nobody's, as far as I read and saw, nobody has died. Okay. But I'm pretty surprised. People, I'm, people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, this is insane. It is. All right. So the house is so intense that like, there's like actually a multiple step, um, like process you have to go through before you can even step foot into this building. Right. Okay. Um, you have to be 21 years old or older. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are between the youngest you could be is 18. Um, and if you are 18 to 20, you have to have your parents approval. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bad parenting. I'm, I'm not sure who's going to approve <laughs> that, but okay. Um, you have to complete a s- complete, um, sports physical check and I have to have a doctor's note stating that you are physically and mentally cleared to go through this process. Yeah. Um, you have to pass a background check. You have to be screened via FaceTime or over the phone. And you have to, uh, you also have to have medical insurance. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine so after hearing about all this. Um, and there's actually a 40 page waiver that you have to go through mm. word by word and sign off on it. Um, and then you do have to pass a drug test the day of the show. Mm. Um, and basically, you fill out this questionnaire that you talk about like your worst fears and things that like, really upset you and then they're going to play on that and that's what they're going to do to you yeah pretty much hmm. what are you what are you doing uh, they, they're going to make your like literal absolute nightmare like a reality right and you're agreeing like you're consenting you're willingly agreeing to do this yes so there's okay. two parts of the house um there's just a standard like haunted house and then there's called the descent um which is like another show mm. okay so I'm going to read just a little blurb from their website okay. um, that kind of, it's like so matter of fact, like this is what it's going to be. 
and it's it's just insane. All right. Okay? It's a trigger warning if you don't want to hear this. Yes. Uh, well, this isn't quite, like, I'm not going to get into, like, the gory gory stuff okay. yet. Okay. Um, so, because I looked, they have a website. Mm-hmm. You go right onto the website, and the first, like, on it is, be warned, McKamey Manor is not your standard boo haunted house. This is an audience participation event in which you will live your own horror movie. <laughs> this is a rough, intense, and truly frightening experience. You must be in great health to participate. Last year's haunt was absolutely nothing compared to the new McKamey Manor. For the new 2020 McKamey Manor presents The Descent. The next evolution in interactive, quote, survival horror theater. Mm-hmm. Understand that each tour will be different based upon your personal fears and can last up to six hours. Oh, no. Um, and then someone later said that um, the longest before someone had given up was eight hours. <clears throat> no, thank no. You. Each guest will be mentally and physically challenged until you reach your personal breaking point. Do not wear expensive clothing. Do not bring anything that cannot get wet. This can be an aggressive experience, and our actors will come in contact with you. You cannot in any way return the contact. Oh, see, that's when I would have like, no. <laughs> If anyone becomes rowdy, pushing, shoving, running, they will be immediately removed. No questions asked. Anyone that has been drinking alcohol or taking drugs will not be allowed into the haunt and will be asked to leave the property. At check-in, you'll be required to show ID. The waiver process for descent will last two hours. Oh, my God. One-hour performance only per week, year-round. <laughs> Specific requirements must be met in order to even take the tour. Think about the average 10 to 15-minute haunt or a theme park at Halloween and what you've experienced. Was it interactive and scary? At the new McKamey Manor, you'll experience thrills that you have never seen before. You'll be tested to your very core. If things begin, become too much, you can always quit. If we let you. See, uh, if we let you, like, no. So, obviously, there's a lot of controversy around this. Um, <laughs> what actually happens in the house, right? We haven't really gotten into that. <coughs> Sorry. That was a lot of reading. <laughs> um, so, the show can last up to eight hours was the longest that someone made it before tapping out. Okay. Um, obviously, you're not physically allowed to touch any of the other participants or the employees of the manor. Um, mm. You're definitely going to be touched. Uh, you can also be physically assaulted, waterboarded, forced to eat or drink unknown substances. Um, you can be bound and huh? gagged in physical and psychological torture. Uh, no. Um, when you sign this 40-page waiver, <laughs> you are agreeing that you... Acknowledge that you may be drugged, tattooed, have teeth extracted, or fingernails removed. See, no. <laughs> there no. was, like, who signs up for this? Well, isn't this what you were telling me is the big issue? Because these people leave the experience obviously traumatized, traumatized. and try to sue, mm-hmm. but they've essentially agreed to it legally. They've signed the waiver. They like, they're very upfront with everything that could happen in there. And so apparently it didn't used to have a safe word and now they have to have a safe word. But one girl um, says that she had like said her safe word multiple times for several minutes before they actually stopped. Um, neighbors have seen like people being dragged out of vans with like you know, their hair or heads covered and, like, oh. bound and, like, dragged and, like... You know, those neighbors are just like, well, it's the next show, like... <laughs> Imagine every week, like, hearing screams and, like, people literally are, like... I wonder if their neighbors have ever complained. They about. have, yeah. Okay. So, there's been multiple, like, reports and basically, he's not doing anything illegal. Because everyone has consented. They consented and what they are saying is that if you say your safe word, they are letting you go. 
Yeah. But it's pretty crazy. You can watch if you want. It's very disturbing. But um, YouTube does have videos of, like, Mm -hmm. parts of the show. And I heard that you could, um, like, live stream, like, some of the shows you could watch, like, when they actually do it. Yeah. It's also on, I believe this was on an episode of Dark Tourist on Netflix. I believe one of the episodes they talk about this. So check that out, too, if you're interested. Yeah. It was, um, it's pretty brutal. So, yeah. like, you know, the, the safe word and the waiver, it's just, how, you would say, how is this legal? But it technically, technically it is. Yeah. I just, I don't. I don't know. And they say with like the teeth like removal, none of the empl- I know, <laughs> none of the employees have like pulled a tooth. It's they say that they're pulling their own teeth. They make you pull your own teeth. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what are you no, doing? and are they? And they're not obviously liable for your dental costs after that experience, right? Yeah. I no. And apparently, it's like. It's so intense. Like, they obviously you said you could be forced to, like, eat or drink things that you don't know. Uh, apparently, it's very common that if you throw up during it, they make it, like, you eat your own oh. throw again. <laughs> like, I don't know. If you didn't need to convince me, you fully convinced me. There is no way. There are most, you know, most people I would say are not fans of any of that. Um, I'm going to say I also am not a fan of any of that. I have zero desire to even... Yeah get close to that place, but uh, apparently there is a 24, like I said, 24,000 people people. want to. Yep. That's insane. (laughs) It is insane. And again, I mean, it sounds like it's about chasing the, uh, the Goldilocks zone (laughs) in this dopamine rush, but like, I just feel like I can get dopamine some other way. I don't think I'm going to, you know, get my dopamine by ripping out my own tooth or getting that tattooed. Or it just doesn't seem dopamine in doing to me. One girl said they put a bag over her head and, like, she did, like, she was, like, in water and, like, they would just randomly, like... Oh, no. No, no, Put no. her head underwater. I'm like, no. I'm not a fan of that. Mm-mm. And it's kind of fucked up, like, the employees, like... Yeah. ...wanting to do that to people. Right. I don't... I don't know. It's an interesting concept, but... Thank you. It's not one that I <laughs> ever have any desire to no. even think about doing. Mm-hmm. No. No, thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I'm yeah. just trying to mult that over in All my right. brain. Well, let's ask the people. Let yeah. us know if you have any interest. Cause if you've done it or if you've if signed you up do to it, do it, yeah. like why? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's like rudely. I genuinely want to know why. I'm just curious if anybody, even if you haven't signed up for it, if you would... Do it, yeah. Because I can tell you, these two wouldn't. No. No. It's going to be happening. a no from me. Absolutely. That was a good one. Thank you. That was a good one. Um, so I... Are going to follow up that? Something good? I tried. So you're talking about, obviously, a haunted house in which the people are the scariest things yep. in it. Um, and I thought I would talk about a real, authentic, like a real haunted house. Like an actual haunted house. Yes, with ghosties. Okay. Um, so I figured I would do one of the kind of the OG haunted house stories Amityville. and not Amityville. I thought about it. Um, this is the conjuring house, Ooh, which is for sale right now. It is. So if like, well, I, how much is it for sale for? I think it was like one point something million. So if everyone has like $5,000, <laughs> we can figure this Come thing on, out. We all can do it. <laughs> we can figure this out. Um, we'll just be like a timeshare. We'll all share. <laughs> the timeshare at the Conjuring House. <laughs> Airbnb. <laughs> um, but for real, let's do it. After this story, you may think twice about it. Okay. 
So, um, and obviously I want to state at the beginning of this, that there is the movie series, the conjuring, mm-hmm. and it is based on the story. However, there's some very significant differences and I'll talk about what those are in the, um, in the, my research. But the first thing to note is that the conjuring house in real life looks nothing like the conjuring house in the movie. Okay. Totally different. The real life conjuring house is a farmhouse. Um, it's a large farmhouse and it's in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Okay. So, um, we're also going to be talking about the Perrin family. In January of 1971, Carolyn and Roger Perrin, along with their five daughters, moved into this farmhouse in Rhode Island. And pretty quickly, the family said they noticed kind of small things happening. Um, Carolyn, the mother, noticed that household items would go missing and then reappear in other places. Dirt seemed to appear in piles in the kitchen. They kept hearing a scratching noise from the basement, which I'm like, that's already a hell no. Already done. So basically, um, they start researching the house, and Carolyn discovered there's a pretty like dark history with the property. Um, according to her, and the same family had lived in the home for eight generations, and in that time, numerous tragedies had occurred, um, and a lot of them, trigger warning, were involving child death. Okay. Um, for example, there were, I believe, children that drowned in the creek nearby. There was reports of a murdered child, um, mm-hmm. just a lot of death in that area. Now, one of the spirits that they identified during their time living there um, was a woman named Bathsheba Sherman, who in the movie, and uh, I have not seen this movie because I'm, I won't even do that. <laughs> Though maybe, I'd be kind of curious to watch it just to see how it lines up because it sounds like they kind of take some cinematic uh, yeah. courtesies with this. Um, in the movie, Bathsheba is kind of like trumped up to be the villain, like the big bad. Okay. And, from what I read, this doesn't really support what actually happened. So Bathsheba Sherman was a real person, and I believe she did live on the property. She was born in Rhode Island in 1812, and she married a man named Judson Sherman on March 10th of 1844. Um, Judson farmed the land while Bathsheba, as most women did at the time, tended to the home. Um, They did have a son named Herbert, who it sounds like lived to adulthood, but they also had three other children who died in childhood. Okay. Now... The movie portrays Bathsheba as a witch, and I don't really love that distinction because okay. it's always assumed that witches are bad and evil, <laughs> right. and that's not at all true. Mm-hmm. Um, but historically, there's really no proof of this at all, so I think the movie did Bathsheba a little dirty. Okay. So, I'm kind of on Bathsheba's side on this one. There was an incident in the 1800s when an infant died while in her care, and people kind of took this and accused her of sacrificing the child in some sort of demonic ritual and calling her a witch probably not uncommon for the time mm. and unfortunately given what life was like in the 1800s i mean a child unfortunately could have died from anything yeah. sickness disease mm-hmm. you just don't know um she was actually cleared of these accusations due to the lack of evidence around it but the reputation kind of persisted through the town and i think that's kind of what fed into the movie deciding to paint her as okay. the core villain uh-huh. Um, and Bathsheba, just to note, died on May 25th of 1882, what can be assumed as old age. Okay. So historically, she was not at all scary or assume, you know, yeah. we're assuming she's not a witch, but the movie really paints her as kind of the evil okay. component. Um, so the parent daughters claimed that Bathsheba made it known to them that she was the mistress of the home and she thought of the parent women as competition and she did not like that. Um, and so a couple things that the family reported happening, Andrea Perrin, one of the daughters, um, said she could smell rotting flesh in the home at times. Mm-hmm. Beds would levitate off the floor. Mm-hmm. Cindy Perrin, who was eight at the time, claimed she heard whispering coming from the walls 
And at one point said that there were seven dead soldiers within the walls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, um, this case is also famous for who investigated it. And it's our favorite power couple, Ed and Lorraine. Yes. So the Warrens did work with the parents a lot to try and figure out what was going on. They came to the house multiple times and... Mind you, the family lived there over 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, and they did multiple investigations. Um, During one of the investigations, the Warrens conducted a seance, and it said that Carolyn became possessed and began speaking in tongues and even levitating. Mm -hmm. Now, the movie depicts that kind of at the end, Ed performed an exorcism, which I believe they obviously tried to do to drive the evil away. However, Lorraine Warren, um, before she died, had said that that actually never happened, and um, stated that exorcisms can only be performed by a Catholic priest. So it would be, Ed would not have done that in real life. Um, So the family was able to sell the home and get out in 1980. And they claimed that as soon as they left, the haunting stopped. They experienced nothing again in their new home. And it was really limited. It was kind of localized to this house. house. So that is kind of the true story of the conjuring house and it's interesting too because i've also read reports that people have been in the conjuring house and said it's fine like nothing i didn't Mm -hmm. feel anything like nothing happened yeah and a lot of people have said that about the amityville house too Mm -hmm. like because i think it's owned now like someone lives lives there and you know it's kind of this interesting like the last time i looked up kind of any info on the amityville house they had lived there for quite like quite some time and like they don't want to talk about it they don't but obviously, it's not right. bothering them, right? Particularly because they still live there, right? And to be fair, I'm not. I'm not saying that these events did not happen at all, right? Right. right I'm right. not trying to downplay what the family says happened to them because I believe it absolutely yeah. could have. Mm-hmm. However, it's curious to see. I'm kind of curious. If hauntings pick people. It's kind of like the Harry Potter thing. Like the wand chooses the wizard. Yeah. The ghosts choose the living to yeah. haunt, and like maybe because it was a family, mm-hmm. the spirits felt very. Um, attacked or uncomfortable with that or you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's so interesting my um, house in Maine is haunted for sure oh for sure (laughs) and um, I remember my dad when he lived there like just weird things would happen I remember he literally said out loud like you're not bothering me you're not scaring me oh yeah just stop what you're doing it's just annoying like Mm -hmm. just leave me alone like just leave me alone and it stopped. Like, it never bothered him again. Um, but then, like, your mom and your brother have also had things in that house that really affected them heavily. And, <laughs> and you. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I, I understand that in sometimes, like, asserting your dominance mm-hmm. kind of yeah. puts, you know, sets a boundary. I should talk about that on an episode. About your house. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that happened. There was. I've seen some stuff. You've definitely (laughs) seen stuff. It's always interesting. I mean, I know, like, I was really convinced that our house growing up was haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom grew up in a haunted house, one of the houses they lived in. Mm -hmm. Um, They moved around a lot, but one of the houses they rented was very, very haunted. Yeah. So it's an interesting experience to, like... It definitely is. It's pretty surreal, like, when it kind of happens, because you're trying to think of every other thing that could have happened. Like, yeah, I remember going from like my bedroom to my bathroom right yes. across the hall. Yeah. Being in the kitchen, I would see a shadow go like back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think the craziest part was the chandelier. Yeah. I was there for that one. Yeah. Yep. That was crazy. It was crazy. I won't get too far into it. Cause I think mm-hmm. next time I'm going to talk about like all the shit that's happened, but we were talking about, um, my cousin Mark. Yes. Who, who's- Pass. Yes. Um, he passed away and 
we were talking about him and we were all sitting around like just a round kitchen table and the doors were obviously not open. It was, I think it was in the winter time. Windows were shut. Nothing was going on and our chandelier in the kitchen was like a swing yeah. and everyone was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we talked about uh, being mm-hmm. uh, my cousin, but yeah, it was kind of weird because we tried to like tried to get it to do it again and nothing we could do would get it swinging. Yeah. I mean, same. I mean, I know, um, I always said we had two things going on in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, we did know that someone did die in the house that we lived in. Yeah. Um, the first owner and his, the husband passed away of old age, nothing nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was the one that would walk up and down the back staircase near my room. Yeah. Cause I would always hear the stairs creaking. Like someone was walking oh, that would freak me out. and it did at first, but it really never felt like, like not like yeah. anything bad. Like nothing ever came in my room. I, I was just kind of, I think I named him Fred and just was like, oh, that's Fred walking around. That's fine. There was something definitely in the upstairs guest room and not nice something hanging around. Cause at night that that room got darker than dark. Like there's dark. And then there was like something darker in there. And I never wanted to be up there at night. I never Mm -hmm. wanted to walk past that door at night. So I don't, and I think Gabby had an instance too, where she was there alone one night and like, she saw something and like literally like Mm-mm. ran out of the house. That's crazy. So it's definitely an interesting experience to be in a, a haunted, haunted house. Haunted house. Like an actual haunted house. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, wow. That was, that was a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't know about McCain Manor. I don't. No, it's definitely no for me. You can cross that off my list of things I want to do. Like, no, thank <laughs> not you. Not on my bucket list. It's not on mine either. But yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Me too. Anything else before we wrap up? I don't think so. I gotta go start my butternut squash. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get it wrapped up then. Okay. Go Come visit me on Facebook. Go see. Caitlin. I have a lot of traction on Facebook the last couple of weeks. So yeah. Keep it up. Lots of dog pictures. Yes. Which and we cat pictures. Love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let you do the rest. Okay. I thought about it. I contemplated. And they're like, no. Um, remember, you can find us on Instagram at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Ghoul underscore Friends, and you can find us on TikTok at Ghoul Friends Podcast. Uh, if you really just want to see more TikToks of our cats, <laughs> that's a great place to go. <laughs> yep. Um, if you have a listener story or you want to email us, and I will say we have gotten a few listener stories lately, so Good. please keep sending them because as soon as we get enough, we will do an episode with them. That is going to be ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Happy birthday, Lindsay. Happy birthday, Lindsay, our favorite, favorite garden witch. Yes. Sorry. Hope you have a lovely day. <laughs> and I said, I hope Mike gives you 10 fairy houses to put she in your garden. <laughs> but either way, happy birthday. Yes. And we miss you. <laughs> All right. And I think the only other thing I was going to say is that if you want to get yourself some spooky merch, you can do that at ghoulfriendspod.redbubble.com. Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, for now, we hope you have a safe and a spooky week. I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're your cool friends. Bye.